May I speak to you in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Well, this week at our Wednesday Bible study, there was a lot of energy going around. We started talking about the idea of Sabbath that comes from our readings this morning, and I heard the most wonderful stories about Sundays. There were some folks that talked about slow-cooked pot roasts that went into the oven before they left for church, and when they came back from church, the house was filled with the smell of amazing food. Some folks talked about picking out just the right patent leather shoes for their Sunday dress. And they talked about going to Sunday school and having the pastor over for a long dinner in the afternoon, hint, hint. And uh, just kidding. But they also talked about what were called blue laws. And these were laws that required that shops be closed on Sundays so that they were not enticing people to engage in commerce on God's holy day. And people talked about these long family dinners that would start at 1 o'clock in the afternoon and go late into the evening and had friends and relations all coming over to eat and to share and to be with one another. It was all about family. It was like Thanksgiving, but every single week. We also heard stories about fear and people who were worried that today's families don't really get to experience that. That we're all so busy in our lives and that Sundays are, you know, ever busier and busier as we're getting ready for the school week. And of course, we always hear about the church's number one boogeyman, youth sports, that happen on Sundays. It was a very interesting conversation to have the contrast between these lovely, happy memories that folks shared and the worry that families today aren't getting that same kind of thing. And for me, it begged the question that is really in the heart of this gospel this morning. What is Sabbath? What is the right way to rest or to do Sabbath? And you know, I have to have some empathy for the leader of the synagogue. He was somebody who was appointed to hold the boundaries of Sabbath and to make sure that his people were following this commandment of God. The people of Israel rested on the seventh day because God rested in creation. They were commanded to do so after God released them from slavery where they worked every single day without rest. So celebrating Sabbath was a matter of great importance. It was a cultural thing, but also a deeply theological thing. You rested because God delivered you from slavery, from the ties that bound you. So I do have some empathy for this guy. But he's also someone who is a little bit scared of change scared of somebody else maybe having a little bit of authority. Because here comes Jesus coming into the synagogue and Jesus is preaching the word of God and a woman comes in with an affliction that has bound her for 18 long years. And what does Jesus do? 
He cures her. He gives her the freedom that she had been seeking. And I imagine that this woman had come into this synagogue a hundred times, wondering if this was going to be the day maybe that something would happen. And yet this leader said, not today. Today is the Sabbath. You do not heal on the Sabbath. And Jesus points out the hypocrisy of this. He cites a specific verse in the Hebrew scriptures that says it is lawful to untie an animal that needs to get to the water so that the animal can survive, that it is okay to free things that were bound. It's almost like sort of a biblical mic drop, or a friend of mine put it, it was like if they knew back in the day what the word booyah was. It was sort of Jesus just laying it out and winning the argument. And it says the man was put to shame and the crowd cheered. I mean, it's a very raucous kind of moment. But what's important about this moment is that Jesus delivers us a new definition of Sabbath. Jesus is saying Sabbath isn't just doing or not doing particular things, but that Sabbath occurs when love comes in. When love comes in and conquers the things that bind us. Now, it's funny, at the Bible study, I was sort of reflecting on my own life and thinking about what Sunday nights looked like for me growing up. And honestly, they erred more towards the soccer, craziness, pack your lunch, move up, get ready kind of lifestyle. And Sabbath was not something that I remember being an important part of my upbringing. But as I reread the scriptures over and over again, and this definition of Sabbath popped up, I realized I had perhaps one of the most rigid Sabbath practices that anyone could imagine. One more rigid than even I could imagine. It turns out that I had a life of weekly, beautiful Sabbath. Now Sabbath for me and my family was on Sunday nights, and there were two rituals. Pizza and X-Files. <laughs> These were unmovable. You showed up for Pizza and X-Files on Sunday night. If you wanted to go see a friend, well, too bad the friend was coming over for Pizza and X-Files. We were devoted to this project with religious fervor. Sunday afternoons were really busy, and Sunday mornings were really busy. They were devoted to Pharaoh. We were doing the homework. We were getting everything ready. We were packing lunches, putting out our instruments, that crazy Sunday afternoon energy that so many families find themselves in. But when evening came, the doorbell sounded, and we were delivered into God's time. <laughs> When a hot pizza is delivered on your doorstep, my friends, you have no choice but to stop what you're doing and feast. But it really was the opening of the X-Files theme song. Do, 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 do. That was what brought on the Sabbath for us. You see, I grew up in a blended family, and my mom and my sister and my stepdad and I, we all lived at our house, but I had a stepbrother who sort of floated in and out according to the custody agreement that they had with his mom. And this was a really challenging time for us as a family. 
the stable, normal system that I knew growing up was completely upended because my mom happened to fall in love with my stepdad. And there were times where I wished I could be like the synagogue leader and stand up in front of everyone and declare, this is not right. We need to go back to the old way. But really, all that angst disappeared on Sunday nights. No matter what drama unfolded during the week or the weekend, we still gathered on Sunday nights for pizza and X-Files. And we had a fully functional couch and TV in the living room, yet we always piled into my parents' bedroom. The parents on the bed, the kids on the floor. And I don't know why. We would elbow my stepdad because he inevitably falls asleep and starts snoring so loud we can't hear the show. We yelped when the strange creatures would come out and attack people in the X-Files show. And, you know, someone would always complain because my sister and I would sometimes paint our nails during the show and the fumes would be causing a headache. But the big moment of family unity came at the end of the episode sometimes when we'd all just yell at the TV with our jaws on the floor because we saw those dreaded words, to be continued. <laughs> that meant we had to wait another week to find out what happened. Sunday nights were not perfect by any means, but the love we had for another it just conquered the pain and the hurt that built up during the week. During those precious hours, in the glow of the television and the pleasing odor of pizza, we were a loving family. We were free from the exhaustion and the exasperation that had bound us all week long. No rabbi in his or her right mind would call that Shabbat, and nor should they. But it was a release from our particular brand of captivity. It was a glimpse of the love that was possible among us. And it was healing. I'd even venture that it was holy. In the synagogue, Jesus made room for love to come in and to heal. He elbowed his way through the restrictions so that love could come in and set someone free. And by this, he made Shabbat. I would venture that all of us have some behaviors or activities that we might need to push aside in order for us to experience true Sabbath. When we make this room for love to enter into our lives, it always will conquer the darkness. I believe it will always heal, and it will always always set us free. Amen.